Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm the Dread Pirate Robert. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool! You fell victim to one of the classic blunders, the most famous of which is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known as this. Never go in against a Sicilian with death is on the line. Ha 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 you seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill him. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to die. True love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for a nice MLT. Mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. They're so perky. I love that. He didn't fall! Inconceivable! You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. All right. All right. 1987. We got some people coming together to do some things. Holy shit. 1987? It's been a long time. Oh, my God. Long, long time. I was just born. We have The Princess Bride. Rob Reiner came together with a uh, young cast at the time. Carrie Elius. Am I saying that right? I call him Eloise. Eloise. I don't. Elvis. I'm pretty sure I've heard other people. Say, I've heard other people say Eloise. Wesley. We'll only call him Wesley from now on. We'll anyway. call him as you wish. Robin Wright, Mandy Patankin, uh, Wallace Shawn, who's inconceivable. Billy Crystal, Chris Sandrin, Fred Savage, Andre the Fucking Giant, Christopher Guest, Peter Falk, a few more faces. Carol Kane, of course, with Billy Crystal as mm-hmm. Max. Goodbye. Uh, Princess Bride is a uh, a fantasy story, um, literally, as it's told um, from a grandfather to a grandchild uh, as a book while he is sick in bed, the grandkid. And uh, the book is about true love. Uh, basically, there's a farm boy, Wesley, who is with uh, Buttercup, the <laughs> the gal. The names are so ridiculous. Buttercup and Wesley. And, uh, he's a farm slave, the, to be more at. Uh, kind I of, think. yeah. But he's like a voluntary slave because he's just chasing that tail. Um, nice. But there's love, unspoken love. Is there like nobody else around? It's just him and her? It's just him and her. Don't what know how. Her <clears throat> you like, know what happens when two like really attractive people end up on a farm alone together. True love. Um, so Wesley goes away to make his fortune, uh, doesn't come back or send a note for a couple of years, is feared dead from the dread pirate Robert. No, she finds out he is. Oh, she does. Yeah. She got conversation. It comes in the weekly mail, I yeah, guess. Yeah, she finds out and then Dear she's Dear Buttercup, like, I have killed your man. I shall this never week love dead again. dead neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> I guess she would be pissed that her slave boy was killed because um, it costs money to raise slaves like that, and one's as hot as Carrie. But they were, but they were yeah, hit. Just that but he was hitting it trees. when he left, though. He was yeah, like, he got to hit it a few times. I, well, he says, "I'll return," and uh, they're going like, to get married. He has to go make his fortune so right. they can get married. Yeah, because she's 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 well off enough to pay a farm boy. She has her own place. Yeah, she's got her own pad. So, but I guess she's not. He's he has to pay for the wedding. I guess. They, yeah, it's, it's a tr- whole the whole gender roles here are very kind of. Interestingly it's reversed tradition. in a way. It's tradition, it? I guess. I don't know. You don't really see that they know anybody. How big a wedding do they need? Can't they just get a priest? Yeah. That's so a very questions. good point. Yeah. They, there's like no one. There's no, <clears throat> there's one no jobs. He's like, I don't want to be a forester or a blacksmith. I need to hit the seas. And, and is there's she, clearly is she, no no opportunity here. I must <laughs> go far away to make money. Yeah. He wanted to get some out of his system first. I guess he did. So, yeah. like before so I, his oats, before his farm boy oats. Yeah, and he's like, I can always have the oat that Dread Pirate Roberts would kill me if I don't want to come back. If I meet Sheila, the the non-Dread Pirate, then everything would be fine. So what do you mm. guys, uh, what did you guys think of the uh, the way the story is told through the grandfather talking to, uh, who? I mean, great cast here. You've got uh, Peter Falk, Peter Peter Falk. Falk Columbo, yeah. talking to Kevin Arnold, yeah. uh, which is his real, real name Fred is Savage. Fred Savage, um, uh, telling he's like a great, great name. I yeah, he sick. doesn't look like a Fred Savage, hey? He doesn't. He looks he like a Fred Nice yoked. Guy. That's probably yeah, not his real name, but he, <laughs> he's uh, a Fred Nice Guy. He's like sick or whatever, and his grandpa's come over to read him a little book. It's like very, uh, you know, it's it, uh, it sets sweet, the stage. heartwarming story. Yeah, it sets the stage for anyone who's ever been sick in bed and someone's bringing you soup, and you know, maybe no one ever read me a story. I had TV, but 
It's um, a huge book to read in one day. It was still had, sunlight when they finished. Yeah. He had a video game. Uh, he was baseball. Playing. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like that. Garbage, by the way. Graphics. I like, a joystick. Who plays baseball with a joystick? <laughs> I was watching. I, I like the... Um, I, I like the humor, the way they incorporate the humor in with the story because some of the story is really cheesy and then the kid will interrupt and, uh, you know, they, they inject humor with the script. Uh, the guy who wrote this screenplay is like basically the... the he's like a god in the screenplay world. His name's Bob Goldman. Oh, yeah. Otherwise known as William. Yeah. William oh, Goldman. Oh, sorry, William Goldman. Yeah, he's like the... Like, as I equated to Brent, he's like the Doyle Brunson of uh, screenplay writing, basically. Ah. He's old and fat. He's like the godfather. He's just... I think he's dead now. <laughs> is William Goldman dead? Well, I don't know. used to be old and fat. Yeah, it's... Re- I don't it's, even know if he's dead. It's, it's a good way to set the stage for the type of sillier fantasy that we're going to witness in the, in the Wesley world. Um, so I think that they opened with a grandfather reading his son this, like, tried and... And, and tested uh, a fairy tale type story works really well. Um, it, it gets you to ease off on seriousness a little bit. Um, and, um, and Colin's right, the way that Fred Savage's little boy character keeps calling things out of the real world, or there's even a few times when Peter Falk stops reading and is like, you look really nervous, maybe we should stop here, and, and kind of eggs him on um, to the end where uh, Fred Savage doesn't mind the kissing so much. He's like, no, we can, we can talk about that now. because he's using his, He's using his tongue. He's like, That's he's right. like okay with it. Um, yeah, so he did die in 2018. No. Uh, Rip, Willem Goldman. He wrote Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid, All the President's <laughs> Men. Uh, he, I mean, he was like prolific. He wrote like tons and tons of shit. And I mean, this is like a beloved movie. And uh, the screenplay is a huge part of that. I was watching the little sub thing on, uh, I own the movie. So I watched like one of the little, uh, you know, like the extra features things. And it had people talking about it. And it was, uh, what's his name who plays Inigo? Mandy. Uh, Mandy, Mandy Patinkin was talking about um, how when him and his wife went to the premiere of the movie or whatever, and at the end of the movie, he just started crying and his wife turned to him and she was like, what's the matter? Are you okay? And he was just like, I never thought I'd be in some a movie as good as this. Wow. And uh, yeah. And that was like when it came out. Now it's like beloved. Yeah. Patinkin, you were saying. Well, he said it's his favorite role, I think. Yeah. And wow. it, like, this was really for him. What a great role, too. And he's, <clears throat> I mean, everyone's, everyone's, uh, I mean, everyone got such a good part. I mean, you got, I mean, the writing is so good, but the casting was great, too. Like, how, Andre awesome. the Giant in this movie, he just, he makes me smile every time he's on screen. He's beloved, yeah. And, like, then you hear and see all the stories of how he was, like, behind the scenes and in real life. Like, apparently the most gregarious and pleasant man you've ever met. Because of his condition... I think, like, I heard, and this might be wrong, but he could drink, like, so much beer, like, 30 a or 40 I heard this. for himself heard and, this like, well. barely get buzzed. And, like, he would just keep going. His The cans would be, like, little mini cans I showed in Colin a hand. picture because Colin said, said during the movie, he's like, man, his fucking hands are huge. And so I pulled up that famous picture of him holding a Molson can of beer. Yeah. And it's just, it's totally within his hand. He's... It, it looks like a kid's fucking size can. Yeah, and, it's and hilarious. The way he talks and he just, he see, he's always smiling, right? Um, and so it works for his character. He handles everything in this movie really well because he's like, he was in the, the wrestling, but he wasn't an actor. I, I mean, yes, wrestling would take some form of acting skills, but to be on the screen like this, um, I think was a huge accomplishment for him because he it, it, the content and his the way he played it and the way they got him um, it all works so well for the movie because you never take him too seriously and, and he's not given too much to do, I think, is the, well, that's the, is the is most important his thing. His lines are all, like, easy enough that he can, like, gutturally fucking roll them out of that giant uh, gullet that he French has. French mouth. But, like, such a lovable person to see. And then his relationship <laughs> with Inigo um, is also amazing because, like, right away in the beginning when you see them doing that little rhyming game and yeah. stuff like that, like, you like you instantly love them both, yeah. right? Even yeah. though they're technically like kidnapping, the bad guys, and, right? Yeah, it, it's it's excellent. They they kind of do make a point to like show that they're hired hands and um, what's the Sicilian's name? Um, oh, it's um, uh, Vasili. Vasili. Vasini. 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 Yeah, he's the he's the true kind of you, he's the true badass what's, someone, of the group. There is someone named Vasili. Vasili is in um, <laughs> the Russian from, enemy um, in the gates. Enemy yeah. at the gates. Yeah, he's the sniper. Vasily Zaitsev. So, anyways, the tone of this, this the tone, tone in movie. This movie proves that, like, if you set up the tone and stuff correctly, because this movie is like, 
is cheesy. Mm-hmm. This movie is like like mellow, dramatic. This movie is like over sappy, the top, sappy and over the top. But because the tone is set up the way it is, and because it's set up as if it was a fairy tale novel, that that none of that matters, and it all works, and like actually plays into and makes the story better. Yeah. Because and then the little things. I mean, actually, I think the one thing that's kind of I guess it's not out of place. I do feel like watching it this time, I felt like Billy Crystal's performance along with Carolyn Kane almost seemed like another movie for some reason. Really? I don't know why. They kind of fit. For me, they fit again this time. I think, I, they, it, it, is, it seemed to me like a step in the past. So the first few times when I was really young to watch this movie, I never would have thought anything too much of it. Then when I realized that was Billy Crystal... I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. Billy Crystal. Yeah. He's um, awesome, man. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. It didn't I guess stand it works. Place. I, that, that's the only thing that it, it didn't stand. I guess it stood out, but maybe not in a bad way. It's, <laughs> but because, especially it, it's the because it stands out because they're both like so, they're so big, right? They're, yeah, And they're true. so excellent. Yeah, Carolyn um, Kane or whatever her name is. Yeah, the both too. of them. Like MLT, when she comes out. Nice mutton, mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich. Where the mutton is nice and lean. Delicious. <laughs> we're getting ahead of <laughs> ourselves. His lines are good. I don't know. We're all over the place. Yeah, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. So I like the I like That's the beginning unusual. with the setup and stuff where he 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 leaves and then they have the announcement of Princess Buttercup. I like how they get right to it. You don't they don't show anything yeah. except for the announcement that she's engaged to him. Yep. And so the story moves really quickly in that way. Mm-hmm. Then she gets kidnapped. And then, oh my God! I mean, the shot of the three of the guys of uh, of Andre, of Mandy, and uh, and what's his name, Vasili, Vasini, Vasini. Yeah. The shot, the very first Vicini. shot of them standing in a line together. It, I laugh every time. I smile every time I see that shot because they're so. They're, they're such a weird group collection of those three people is this when they see her on her horse when they yes take her? like yeah. the very first time we as the audience members see them is one shot <clears> and <throat> they just look they look like carnival folk or something well then they um, grab her by the neck and she instantly goes unconscious <laughs> what's andre <laughs> it's totally, man i, I know mean, he could have probably snapped he probably could have snapped her neck but since he was choking her out which in real life would be very dangerous to cut someone's oxygen off yeah, like don't that. Do but that, it's andre. funny she goes like when I was really young, um, me, uh, when I was really young, and me and my bro would be playing around or whatever, we used to play a game where we'd be like spies, James Bond kind of thing, and he'd have the the instant serum, and he'd inject me, and I'd go unconscious like as soon as he inject, because that's what happened in the Bond movies. Totally not realistic. And, and Bill Cosby's dressing. That's room. what I yeah yeah that's right. <laughs> that's uh, what I thought of here is uh, uh, instantly unconscious. And it was pretty funny. They like do the Spock. They do the smart thing of uh, making. They they have a great introduction to those three characters because uh, Vicini screams at them, and then uh, they uh, they they're obviously the more uh, moral and ethical right away. They you ask questions see. and yeah, and he's just like well, he's We're talking doing about this he's talking whatever. about killing her. And yeah, they're like and they're like we don't want to kill her. Yeah, so you set up right away that they they aren't heartless pieces of crap, and he is. And then he screams at them, and they do their little rhyming game, and yeah. he's getting mad at them. Yeah, so right away you like those two guys, and you don't like him. And you 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 understand like the dynamic. He's the leader, and uh, I I love all that because it's just good characterization. So for the rest of the movie, you like those guys. It also plays into the silliness more. Like mm-hmm. yeah, anybody want a peanut? Like they're, they're, I love their rhyme as they're driving, and the, it plays like me, the music in the background too as they start. And um, uh, Inigo leans right in. And he's like, I don't think he means harm so he's like totally leading andre into it like a like he would a child and he's like yeah. he doesn't have very much charm yeah <laughs> yeah yeah totally but but it also it's just right away you get it out of the way you establish who's the leader you establish what they're like their personalities all in one scene done now we can move on with the rest of the movie there's no questions being asked of what's going on and i love when he's in the back keeps looking and he's like no one could be following us just out of curiosity, why why do you ask? Yeah. I just see a boat back here. <laughs> Following like, us. Yeah. Inconceivable. <laughs> yeah. And then she jumps into the water and has to face the shrieking eels, which Andre punches out. I, yeah, also, I love it boat. when he just straight bonks that one in the head. <laughs> yeah, he does bonk it. And I love how that's interrupted by the kid and our grandfather's scared, like yeah. he's like 
She doesn't get eaten by the eel. That's what you're worried about. <laughs> she, he says she doesn't get eaten at this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> I will say they, um, um, much like these movies from the late '80s that have been remastered now, you can notice Peter Falk's makeup similar to what we were saying. Brent about said the Back exact the same thing. Brent it's the same thing. The, whatever they used to like tape and, and put the putty on. I the noticed neck it or on the forehead. Yeah, it's not even remastered. It is remastered, but the other part of it is our TVs are so much bigger now. We used to watch these on these little tiny televisions. Yeah, that's true. Well, not only tiny, but the 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 uh, the display the like the yeah the quality yeah the quality would not have been well that's why this. I think a lot of people have mentioned that in, in the Lord of the Wings Do movies you know, right? that's the only that's the only thing that stood out um, like from uh, from an effects point of view that was bad like so then like you have something like when they are into the fire swamp um, and see the ROUSs. Um, those are like cheesy on purpose, so you don't really fault that that's too much. That's good about it. I know. So like that thing on Peter Falk's neck, neck and forehead were like the only things that I noticed yeah. that were like, oh, that's that's. But it, but it was everything. So them hanging off the cliff. That's clearly a, a clearly a photo below when they're looking down and he's trying to climb up, and like and the sets, like the where they fight, the sets where where the fire swamps is set. Yeah, it's all like so setty and cheesy, but it all it, works yeah. so well. <laughs> we're watching. And they in the sword fight uh, scene, right? And Colin goes, "This is the set," and we're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And then they get into the the fucking forest of swamp fire or whatever the fuck it's <laughs> yeah. called. And Colin goes, "This is a set," and I was like, "You don't say." <laughs> <laughs> also, it looks exactly like they took this set from Star Wars, where Yoda lives. Oh uh, yeah, Dagobah. It does look like Dagobah. I think it is it Dagobah. Fire. It might. Mm, Dagobah is more swampy. I wonder if it, I guess he would have torn it down. Dagobah is more watery, swampy. Yeah, yeah. This was more. The very first shot, sandy. though, if you, I said if you put Yoda in there, it would look totally normal. Yeah, totally. it probably would. It would be like, oh. Um, so, what is a cheesy, funny, sappy movie like this doing with a kick-ass sword fight like they've got? When Inigo and, and um, Wesley get in that duel, it's awesome. Oh, Every, it, and that's it's one of my favorite scenes. Super Chad as well, but like their skill with the swords, you can tell they worked at that so fucking hard. Why yeah. was it Chad? I don't think it was Chad. Oh, well, he's like doing the backflip stuff and I throwing love the stuff. All I that do love. I love it too. I'm just saying it's that's cheesy, which is also put aside their their moves and the way they talk about being left and right handed. And he's like, "I will let you expect me to attack with Kappa huh? And yeah. he's like, yes, but I find this. He says something. Like, this counters, counters it. it. Yeah. yeah, but no, because I've studied this, but yeah. I've also studied this. Yeah. He's like, if you, uh, if you, uh, if you, uh, if you don't have uh, education, yeah, he says, yeah, griper or whatever. Yeah. Well, and it's the best because Inigo, you know, is like this savant, right? Yeah. And he says, I have to admit, you're better than me, but I know something that you do not know. <laughs> yeah. I am not left-handed. And then Wesley keeps fighting left-handed. Yeah, I know, yeah. and, and holds and gets, on as long as he can. He getting his yeah. ass kicked, yeah. And then ha- and Carrie Elius does the great, when he's fighting, as he starts to get the upper hand, he's like fighting, but his face is like just in this a stable smile the whole time. Like yeah. he's not putting any effort. It's like ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. I love when he does down. the uh, flip. He does this shitty little flip, uh, Indigo does, and then he does the full flip. Indigo doesn't do a flip at all. He just no, jumps he straight jumps down. Yeah, you're right. Too. And yeah. it's very awkwardly. awkwardly. His body like arcs, and then he does the flip and lands right by where his sword was plunged into the ground. Yeah. And he grabs it, and he's like, I must know who, who you. are you? Yeah, he's like, no one of consequence. Yeah. <laughs> I must know. Get used to disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> the ding, ding, the ding, dialogue yeah. is so good. But so think about, sorry. No. Right off the crack, though, when that scene's starting and like uh, he cuts the rope and Wesley is climbing up or the Dread Pirate Roberts is climbing up that cliff and he's like, he's like, could you hurry it up? And he's like, well, you could throw down a rope. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but you know, you'd kill me or whatever. And there's like that whole back and forth of that. And then yeah. he says, I, I swear on my father or whatever. And then Wesley's like, throw, throw me, me the rope. rope. I, I he love He gets that. up and yeah. he's resting and Inigo is like, Gives him his sword. Yeah. Cause and take your time. And yeah. and all that stuff. And like, that's such good fucking characterization with Inigo. Because you see that he's like such a honor. man of honor. Yep. And he is like, you know, he's just, it's just, it's unfortunate. It's work. He doesn't want to kill says, anybody. I don't, I, I hate to kill you. And Wesley's like, you're a great man. I hate to die. <laughs> yeah. And, both, and yeah, Wesley plays it off so excellently. And then when Wesley says, I'd sooner destroy a plate glass render than an artist like yourself. And he knocks yeah. him out instead of killing him. Yeah. And so you see, I mean, once again, great characterization because Andre, it's the same thing. In the stone battle, Andre wants to fight him. I did not need to miss. Yeah, he's like... (laughs) I believe you. He's like, he wants to fight him like hand to hand. He's like, we should fight well, like men of honor. We should fight like honorably. So it's so great because once again, it makes you like them and it makes you like him. 
You just, and it also plays off that Wesley would let them live because yeah. he's not he's not the vicious. Well, he kind of is. I don't know. I'd be interested to do some backstory on Dread Pirate Roberts because as a pirate, you'd have to an origin story rape. No, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, did Wesley wasn't the great Dread Pirate Roberts who was like just a merchant man shipping around? Like he was a pirate, so he must have like taken boats and and killed fucking people. Yeah, like probably crazy to get his reputation. Like his some of his reputation would follow, but he'd have men. His men would be bloodthirsty, likely to want to be there. So there's some backstory to Wesley. But maybe, if think but about maybe it's not. They're not actually bloodthirsty, but their reputation opens up a lot of doors and lets them get away. With I think shit. that definitely would. And everyone's scared of them, but they actually never follow through with the threats. They always get what they want. So that, it's that could it's, be too. You know, it's there's good to the have nice the, fairy tale explanation, that, yeah. and that's how I'll it do comes, with that because I did think too. I was like, man, Wesley's done some dark shit, and that's how it comes about. off. Well, yeah, but his reputation was preceded by people who did dark shit, and then he just got basically the rep. Yeah, but I mean, he's got a crew, and that a crew new is crew, a by the way. Crew. Yeah, they're, but they're terrified of him. So he, of him, but they still do piratey shit. Yeah, so they're not just going to fucking yeah. Bed Bath and Beyond and fucking think, stealing <laughs> pants. And I think soap. in a fairy tale, I think once again, pants fit the fairy tale story. I, I don't think Wesley's doing dark shit. Pro, I, I don't think I'm only bringing it up as a joke because I, you don't no. think about it. It, it actually never even came up until this moment his in my explanation, life that I was thinking, what the hell has he been doing with this life? His explanation to, about it in the fire swamp and stuff's great too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then he moves on to face off with Vincini and uh, has a great little a great little moment um, that Wesley would have prepared by building up an immunity to Iocane. Yeah, is very I forward thinking of him. I know. I, that's so, the one thing I thought was a little silly. He's also the, well, I don't think it's necessarily silly because I think that, I've, like you see that stuff in the past in other movies and books, stuff like that old fantasy stuff where someone is like built up an immunity. Like I kind of like the idea of that. If it was a popular poison and you were a popular type of guy that would get poisoned, like a Dread Pirate Roberts, it might be something that you do. Small bits every day. But... Um, the thing about that that I like is that, a little every day. is that uh, Vicini is the real evil guy. He's going to kill the princess and all that stuff. And the Dread Pirate Roberts doesn't play fair with him. And it's mm-hmm. the only time out of the three like uh, yeah, boss right. levels or whatever you want to call it yeah. that he actually is not a gentleman. <clears throat> he deceives him and he cheats him and there was no way that the other guy was going to win. Yep. And of course like life and death. But um I mean, why not just stab him, I guess? He's also got a knife. He's also got <laughs> a knife. If you're going to fuck him, kill him anyways? Why yeah. all the he's drama? Got, he's got a knife to his his uh, love's throat as well. So, I mean, are you really going to play fair with a guy who's got a knife stabbed to her next to her neck? I don't think so. Yeah, but they're a little... No, no, I'm, I'm not saying that, but I'm just... Yeah, no, I agree with him. You think he could have just stabbed him? I... I Wesley? That's boring. Yeah. If he was going to kill... Is, no, is. no, I agree. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you're looking not from like the outside perspective but the inside perspective or movie magic perspective yeah yeah, you're like I'm gonna fucking off this guy regardless as soon so, as you agree on the deal Vincini puts his knife away he's like I agree and then what should be like that's good <laughs> I really like the dialogue where he says he's trying to figure him out and stuff. I do too that's the whole great. interaction between them is, is actually tense because you don't know how if you're watching this for the first time you wouldn't know how it's gonna go because uh, okay I have to segue now because it's in my head. So that's a, that's a fun scene as well where I'll end that one off. Um, with, um, oh no, I lost my train of thought. Damn it. All right. Truly you have a dizzying intellect. I do. <laughs> I do. That's the line he says to Bassini. Uh, mm-hmm. Because nope, he's like, it's gone. but you knew I knew this, so I clearly could not drink from the cup in front of me. <laughs> but you, you're clearly an educated man, so you would know the whatever. So I can't drink the thing. And he goes back and forth and back and forth. I got it. Okay, so. Knew I'd help. Th- you might have been watching like the Batman movie and been like, how do people not know that that's Batman mm-hmm. in real life? So how would someone in love with someone else not know just by the mask that it's not Wesley? It's been years, I guess. Mm. It's and also, he does have a little mustache now, too. Mm. But he sounds like the sound exactly I think the be. same. Carries himself. He's got those nice full lips and the same color eyes. And once yeah, again, and it's the, the, the mask is not like small eye holes. Like you could see his eyes fully through it. And yeah. they even make a point to mention his brilliant, bright eyes in the beginning of the movie. There you go. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's huge plot hole. Doesn't hold up. I mean, there's so many stories. Like <laughs> Superman's a perfect example. He just puts on glasses, and there's fucking what seven thousand comic books and ten movies made about that, and no one fucking gives a shit. So yeah, I don't really care true. about Superman. The really shittiest fucking either. superhero <laughs> in the history of fucking superhero. I agree with that. I'm everything. just saying he's popular. 
Um, okay, so then uh, after a little ride, after parting with Vincini, um, they she figures out it's Wesley. They kiss and reunite, and then off into the woods because Prince Humperdinck. Okay, so me and Brent, motherfucker. Yeah, me and Brent were talking about his uh, his fucking tracking skills are hilarious. Yes, there, so there, like, a giant fell here. I okay, <laughs> I got my life on it. Yeah, he's like take a smell of this when he meets with Vincini. And he's like, I smell nothing. And he's like, it's iocane powder. It's completely odorless. It dissolves. And then Humperdinck yeah. smells the old container. He's like, iocane. Iocane yeah. powder. Put on it. There was a duel here. The winner went this way. Yeah. The loser this way. They were both experts. Or they were both, uh, whatever, masters. And then I love when he's like, someone's defeated a giant. And yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. But yeah. it's, it's good. It all, it all kind of works. I um, like his tracking bullshit. I, yeah, I love that you he's know, great at it. Yeah, you'd have, and that's the humor. Makes it more imposing. And then they introduce the six-fingered man. Um, The stuff in the swamp. um, I don't know. The stuff in the swamp this time goes a little slower, but that's where he tells his backstory. I never liked the quicksand scene, where he he has to dive in and then some, then get out. Like I wonder. I just wonder what's going on under that quicksand. What's it like under there? Probably not great. Water. It looks like it's also to introduce the ROTSs. Yes. But they never come back either. The funniest so. thing. Well, they do. Yeah, they attack him. Right they after do right that. away. No, she's right like, after that, yes. But what about the stories of these? I don't even think they exist. Rodents of unusual size? Yeah. I forgot that he already saw them and behind her and is trying to get her to walk away from them yeah. when he says he doesn't think they exist. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's the first time the audience sees them when they're like underneath there and it comes walking by and like smells the sand and then it keeps walking. Yeah. I guess I it's that good funny. that he gets his butt a little <clears> bit kicked there. Because he can't be perfect all the time, so you got to take him down a notch. Well, it's so funny too because she's not much of a help. I was kind of pissed off at her this time because she had the stick and she was just trying to hold it back. She could have been smashing it in the face to save him, but she's just like worried about herself. She's a princess. She she waits too long for that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. So then, uh, out of the swamp, uh, and they capture Wesley and take her back. Yeah. Wesley gets fucking tortured <clears throat> so this would have been one of the first movies where you see the henchman and he's like you'll never escape <clears throat> you'll never escape here but because this is one of the first times I ever saw that that remained funny to me um, and the machine and all that stuff torturing him um, which steals your him life up. I've just sucked one year of your life away the thing sucked through the nipples it did suck through the nipples I saw that Does your life force is like held within the nips I guess a bit some yep. people don't know. Science can't prove it. And then she saves Wesley and by saying that she'll give in to him. But then I, I like that she comes back and she tries to be honest with him. I mean, it's great characterization for her. She's just like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, if you make me marry you, I'm going to kill myself before <laughs> I marry you. And he's like, eh. So then he lies to her and says he'll... Uh, Send his ships. Yeah, which he doesn't do. And then... I love the screaming when when he finally when they finally have the fight and he goes down and he like cranks the machine up to fifty. Yeah, because when th- that's a great scene too because Wesley's so badass and stuff, and uh, he says he can handle torture. And I love when they he does the machine up to number one. Yeah, and then after he turns Tell it me off, how he's you like, feel. he's and like remember, for yeah, he's honest. like for for uh, this is for posterity, yeah, posterity. So be <laughs> honest. And then Wesley just weeps. <laughs> he can't even speak. He's like interesting and starts writing. So then it sets up for when he cranks it to fifty, like how much, how horrible. It's just it's it's good setup. Yep. And then he's like screaming, and everyone in the kingdom can hear his screams. Yep. Yeah. There and there's really funny indigo dialogue where he's like, "That is a man who's in like what kind of pain? <laughs> the most like." And that is a man who lost his love or whatever. I've got a wedding to plan, my wife to murder, and Gilda to frame for it. I'm swamped. <laughs> yeah. All of the bad <laughs> guys are great. There. Did you guys know the six-fingered man is... Um, Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest. Yeah. I, did, I forgot that it was him a the whole movie. A few good men and... <clears throat> well, Waiting for Guffman, waiting for, yeah. Best in Show. Yep. Mm. So it's an atypical role for him, but he he crushed it. He's a psycho. It's perfect. I didn't even know it was him the yeah. whole time. I wa- I've watched that movie like so many times and the makeup and his accent and stuff was so good. He was totally disguised to me. I yeah. love when people like when the characters dissolve like that. I do like, too. When you see a recognizable face, because like by all, by all means, like movies should almost have always unknowns in them. Yeah. If you think about it, right? Like if I'm going to believe that the character is the character, then I don't want to see... Sliced alone, and I've seen him be 
the fucking a butcher and a fucking farmer and a hitman and a fucking banker and then whatever and now i'm gonna believe this other thing but like it just works when they're good well yeah. i just like, watched v the costuming is all fucking great to help i, just, I love all that i stuff. just watched green book and and yeah. Vito. what's his name mark um v, morganson uh, Vigo Morganson. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He he's com- once again he completely you forget it is him after the first five minutes you never recognize him as him anymore. No, you're like, awesome. oh, it's him. Yeah. And then at he's the end of the movie, right you, yeah. Yeah. he just completely becomes that character. Yeah. The, um, Tony what's the one where he's the Russian gangster. Oh, Eastern Promises. Eastern Promises. He's fucking great in that. He's an amazing actor. Like I feel a- bad that he was in those stupid Lord of the Rings movies. He the, was like the best part of him. them though. Yeah, and plus some. they set him up for success. I hope he got like so rich off that he could just start picking. Yeah, and choosing. okay, that's fair. Same as um, <clears throat> I mean, um, it probably did a ton for his Harry career. Potter, Sean Bond. Um, Daniel Radcliffe, and who's the other guy? Young guy who had oh. those crazy big movies, and now is just doing whatever the fuck they want. I, I, lo- I love hearing those. Robert stories. Pattinson. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and actually, that's I just saw a thing online the other day where someone mentioned about um, how it's so awesome that Daniel Radcliffe like did that shit got so fucking rich and famous and now just continues to make these weird Whatever little he wants, indie right? fucking movies like like that guns akimbo and the fucking one where he's got the horns yeah it might be called horns i think i think it might be. um <laughs> and like just some of these things and the one oh the swiss army man oh yeah like all the shit that is like people would never do that shit yep. i love it when a guy is like he's successful enough that he can be fucking a little weird, right? I think Elijah Wood is in the same boat too. Elijah Wood definitely, man. Because he's made like some crazy, he went through this horror movie phase for a while. When he did that show with the imaginary friend that's a guy dressed in a shitty dog costume. Yeah. Jonah Hill's in that stage of his career right now. I was listening to him on the podcast and he's not in a lot of stuff anymore and he's like, because I can be picky and I can do whatever I want and I don't have to do like so many movies a year. Yep. Yeah. So I can just like take my time and develop ideas and projects and direct. Don't just take everything. They yeah. Feel like, yes, I'll do that. Yeah, yes, oh, please, please. That's yeah. what a lot of them did in Nick the beginning Cage. of their career. Of and, course, of course. And they, oh yeah, well Nick Cage is still doing it, but <laughs> he's in so much debt. Yeah. That guy's been in like 200 <laughs> movies and he's in so much debt. But Joan Hill's like, yeah, I'm comfortable and I, and I, I don't feel the need to be working Every, all of the time mm-hmm. that's the best thing for artists to not have to choose like yeah. to or to yeah to not have to do something to just like have absolute freedom of choice not just Any artists art. dude that's anybody <laughs> no but for but to have great art yes like, no for sure that's and i'm looking at it just like from the art perspective right mm-hmm. like in movies or paintings or fucking writing or whatever else when you let someone and give them the ability just to fucking be loose mm. you get the best shit yeah i agree but I mean, in all of the guys that are in this movie, uh, Princess Bride are like all people who've gone on to like, I mean, look at P- Mandy Patinkin. Like he's been, he's on one of the, he was on one of the best TV shows of Homeland. Yeah. Well, he was also a Robin regular Ray on Penn. that. Um, he was on a million TV shows. That NCIS or one of those type shows. But I think he, he was ha- on, a, I think he hated that. He which, was on Chicago Hope, a doctor show for like seven years. I mean, but Homeland like is a, a real coup for him. He's, uh, he's great. He in should that just show, retire. And he's perfect for and the Homeland's character. Great. Yeah, yeah. If I was him, I, so good. Uh, after the season finale, I, which was, was like one of the best season finales I've ever seen. Yeah, if great. I was him, I would just quit. I would just be like, I am done, baby. Go live on an island, Mandy. You can do whatever you want. I get the impression he kind of likes it. He does. Probably. That's why he'll keep doing it. Yeah, he'll be like uh, Clint Eastwood. He'll just do it till he's dead. But yeah, I think <laughs> Columbo, Fred Savage, Mandy Patankin goes on to awesome things. Robin Wright Penn, Robin Penn, Robin Wright, whatever she's by now. Yeah, yep, Robin. Goes on to things. She's unrecognizable after all the surgery now. Yeah, well, she was like in young, House of Cards. Young her in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's what I mean. It's like yeah. seeing her in that. And like you could put them side by side and be like, this is young and this is old. And your brain would have to do a lot of math to make it work. No, it's totally true. It's, I wonder she if looks that's, so different now. I wonder if that's work, though. Still beautiful. Yeah, no, yeah, that's probably. surgery for sure. Probably. Oh, there you go. You're probably right. Yeah, she's got that whole upper part of her face tightened up. So, back. so yeah, super, super once you get... On. So this movie totally changes once you get... Uh, in a great way, once you get the giant, the, the, uh, the sword fighter and... Uh, the genius and the genius together i love how uh they work together and stuff and i like when he can't move and they have to move his head around and he's like nodding andre's nodding his head and stuff yeah he's manipulating (laughs) and like i like the way he treats them and stuff like right away he's kind of mad at them because they have no plan and they have like nothing and then they talk he's like why didn't you say you had a wheelbarrow 
He's like, yeah. and now if we only had a, this cloak, yeah, yeah. And he pulls, he pulls out it out. Yeah, yeah, it's I so funny. <laughs> he said I could keep it. What yeah. are our assets? His brawn, my steel, your brains. And then once, and then the movie moves so quickly once they uh, attack the castle. Like the and the music in this movie, whoever did the orchestration, uh, the composing of the music, like is so good. It's so spot on. It's like, that old school like theatrical shit. Yeah, where it's like you strike the sword, bam, bam. Like it's yeah. the music. The music's the music with roars. the strikes. Dies as he a, does it when he's stabbing the the rodent of usual size. Yeah. It's like when he stabs that thing. By the way, he doesn't stab it for a kill shot. The Dread Pirate Roberts knows where a kill shot is. He stabs it in the rear quarters a couple times. Like he's like, you fucking ate my shoulder off. My shoulder. Take this hip. Yeah. Yeah. He's his hip. He's a badass. And I, yeah, I also love him. when uh, when he uh, Indigo gets found by Andre the Giant and he has to wake him up and he's oh, trying yeah. to feed him. And the look on his face, he's so he hammered. Face first into his stew. Yeah, and then he starts plunging him into the cold and the hot water buckets. Yeah, yeah. Andre is just like a doll. Yeah, yeah. That's so, <laughs> it's so funny. Enough. <laughs> so so Mandy Patinkin was saying in the behind the scenes thing that uh, that was a rough thing with Andre because Andre, he told Andre to do it to make it look real. So Andre was doing it to make it look real. And then after one take, he's like, don't make, don't do it to make it look real anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just let's fake it. <laughs> don't do that. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. And they, they go through, it, it's a nice little scene where those two guys reconnect and they're, they're putting the bandits through the woods to clear them out. Um, and then those two guys just working to get Wesley back on his feet and to find him. It's, I love the two of them together in any scene and then getting the three of them together, like Colin said is, is great as we kind of start I, to wind things down. I, I guess the thing with miracle max that, that bothers me, it doesn't even bother me. It's just why it stands out a little bit is cause it's, Billy Crystal's, uh, you, I, you, he probably improvised a ton of it. Billy Crystal's uh, character is such a old time stand up comedian. Like the lines where he's it's like, "It's the old Jewish comic." He's like, "I call the Boot Squad," and he's like, "I'm on the Boot Squad. You are, you are the, the Boot Squad." squad. <laughs> like all that, that kind of yeah. like, you know, it just it almost doesn't feel like the same tone of the movie. It's yeah, fine though. It's that that's not what he said. He said to blave, <laughs> which we all know means to bluff. <laughs> that. That fucking That's totally kills me. improvised. That's, if yeah. you go back and watch, oh, yeah. knowing Billy Crystal and his talent, I would guess that ninety percent. They're like, you'll just kind of do this, and you'll end up giving them the pill. That's and why. you got to put the thing in his mouth. That's all we got, Billy. You do the rest. Yeah. And then what's her name would come out too. And that's why I feel like it probably isn't in the writer's voice. It's probably just Billy doing his shtick. Hundred percent. And it's good, and it's really funny. But I know Don't what you're I saying. It's that whole it. Mel Brooks like. It thing. is Mel Brooks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's and there's a there's that's yeah. that's that old comedy, right? Where I would was, never take it out, and you no. couldn't. You need it for him to come back to life. It's great. It's just it, it does feel a little bit like it doesn't quite fit the rest of the movie. I'll, I'll give, but I still really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah every no, time it you're not wrong. There's, yeah. there's a piece of it that's a little bit separated I miss from it. Billy Crystal. Now I kind of want to go back and see some of his stuff. You know what would be a great movie? City like, Slickers. So good. Our, um, I mean, when Harry Met Sally would be a fucking oh, great we movie. Do those to do. two Monsters yeah. Inc. <laughs> all right, write all these down. Someone, <laughs> someone so put these on the list. But anyways, all right, yeah. carry on with this movie. Yeah, yeah. So, so they, they assault the gate um, <laughs> using the... Uh, both the only thing in the movie... Yeah, I know you're going to say. Complain, <laughs> is understanding Andre the Giant's dialogue as he's being pushed in. You really need to subtitle that shit. Or like me, watch this movie 50 plus times. I have come for you. So yeah. yeah, they should have subtitled it. It's yeah. Also, but Brent he mentioned sounds, and me mentioned does, that, yeah. that when he they light the, the code on fire, that the wide shots of that, there's no way that Andre could be inside there. No. But then the shots of the close ups, the flames are further away from his face. So it doesn't really match, but it's a comedy, so it's fine. He, yeah. Really what they would have done was be like, You stand on here, we're gonna light you on fire, you'd be her horrifying. And they'd light him on fire and he'd be like I've come. Ah! Ah! I'm on fire. He's fucking burning and to death. Then, then Wesley would be like, I guess it wasn't a fireproof cloak. Yeah, shit. I guess just you and me now. And then when they get inside and stuff. and Oh, uh, wait. Before they go in the gate, he's like, uh, give us the gate key. What key? Physic. Tear his arms off. Oh, you mean this key? <laughs> <laughs> also, so this is the first time we get to see uh, Endigo do his shit. Oh, yeah. And so once again, you want to talk about less is more. This is great because they've been building him up to be this master swordsman for so long that when he gets to fight four guys and wipes them out and then Christopher Guest character like runs away like yeah. a little kid and stuff, 
It is like great, and we don't need any more of that. We we finally got to see what we we needed to see, which is him kick some ass. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's almost it's, and I know what you're saying. Like less is more, so, but he dispatches them so quickly. That's what's yeah. so great. I like that they because that in up. real sword fights, you'd be looking for that like real quick wound. If you were like clashing swords four for a long period one, of time in a battle of four, yeah. So I like that he dispatched them quick. Um, and then Christopher Guest be all sneaky and knifes him in the gut and gets a few stabs on him, but he goes not gonna. I love the look on his face too when he's going to stab him and he he moves the sword to go into his arm and his face he doesn't even like wince and no. then he does it again and it goes in his other arm and then yeah. the blood trickle and he doesn't even yeah, wince. Like Colin pointed out, like the blood is it's gruesome. Oh, it's borderline gruesome because it's instant yep. and it's it real it's tangible the, yeah. the clothes is soaked like yeah. it doesn't look like shitty blood makeup it feels so grounded in reality yeah. and like you're worried about him and stuff and he keeps really faltering and him. like and wincing and, f- and leaning like, over I'm sorry father and he's like hello yeah and then my he gets all up and, he, and then for the rest of the movie he's fine he's like that's not a problem it's a flesh wound yeah, yeah. no no biggie yeah, yeah. like at the end when, when Andre has the four horses like yeah. you almost expect him to be like I think you'll only need three <laughs> hello lady he's also got <laughs> He, he's also got his hand inside <laughs> to hold the wound where he got he got the stab in the stomach, mm-hmm. and it is cu- it is drenched in blood. Yeah, like it's so you you start to really get concerned about him and feel like he's gonna lose. It raises the stakes so it much. Does. Yeah, and then I love when he's keeps repeating the hello. Yeah, my name is whatever, and then he's like, stop saying yeah. that. <laughs> and then he re-delivers pretty much every wound that Christopher Guest had delivered to him, including the face slices. Yeah. I love that too. Um, and then he's like telling him, he's like, beg for your life. Tell me you give me money, anything. He's like, anything you want. That I love. I want my father back, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and then he starts. So it's great. It's so good. Like anyone who's into like revenge stories, this is this is like the way to do so, a final scene with. I just love it revenge. too because like he would want to know that he's like he's like I had the chance to kill my father's murderer. He offered me everything. I could have had yep. everything, fame, riches, fortune, fame, yeah. whatever, and I. Fuck fucking that guy. turned him down yeah. and killed him. That's great. I, I like that actually all that better than the stuff with Wesley and Buttercup, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, to me, that is better. Uh, better. Um, the stakes are higher. The, 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 the scene is better written. The dialogue is great. The tension. The other thing where he's like to the, it's fine. To the there's, pain. There's nothing wrong yeah. with it. It's just, it's it's just. I, it, I agree. Inigo's is better. And plus Humperdinck ends up just tossing down a sword and letting himself be tied up. I knew it was bluffing. I knew it was bluffing. <laughs> I mean, the best thing, the best thing, the filmmaker, the, the writer probably had no idea that that stuff was going to be so, so much more effective on screen. Yeah. And like the best thing he, he did was not try and up the stakes there. He, he, he did a good job of letting that land. And it's very satisfying that she ties him up and stuff. And then, uh, what did they say? Uh, Oh, when he he's not weak, he or he's weak, not strong, and he kind of falls and yeah. stuff. And he's like, he was faking and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I like that. He was mostly dead almost all day. Yeah. Oh, that's true. He has no strength. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then him getting the horses is great and stuff too. And then they like, I love how go. she falls into his yeah and under the arms. Dog. Yeah, it's so great. And then the smile they give each other. It's just so childish. She's like, ee, ee, ee. she said she was to- she totally in that like behind the scenes thing. She said she totally adored Andre. I think everybody did. Like yeah. I read a thing about she was cold one time. It was like stormy when they were shooting, and Andre just put his hand right over top of her head because his hand was so big it could just <laughs> completely encompass her head. So it was like a flesh toque of fucking giant hand on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Flesh toque. I like that term. <laughs> Uh, then they ride off and everyone's happy and to the sunset yeah. yeah and then we wrap up the story with grandpa and Freddy boy and um, that's a nice heartfelt moment because you know there's there is even an arc there where um, I want to call him Kevin uh, anyway Kevin he goes from playing TV and not wanting to be visited by his grandpa because his grandpa what does his grandpa do grab his cheek pinches his cheek every yeah, time yeah every time and but, he does it instantly yeah but then when the, the, he's leaving it, it's like the bond has been formed he's like you come back and read it tomorrow and gives him the as you wish yeah which but, is a nice way to leave it off it's yeah because he says I love you yeah they make fun of a lot of the cliches in this movie including all of the cliches of like him and his grandpa and no relationship and like him not liking kissing but it's all great. It like still yeah. works. Like after how many years now? We talking thirty three years? Yeah. The Fuck. fucking still like Jesus. that's how you know Rob Reiner directed this. William Goldman wrote this. This is probably Rob Reiner. The 
out of all of his, the list of movies he's directed and stuff, well, well, he directed it when Harry Met Sally too. Yeah. I mean, he directed A Few Good Men. This is like completely different than anything he ever directed. He directed Spinal Tap. This is like nothing he's ever made before. <laughs> Spinal Tap, yep. so good. We I love Spinal Tap. We should definitely do Spinal oh Tap. Oh my god! Yeah, Christopher Guest in that too. Yeah, he is. Um, Who's he in that? I he's one of the band he's members. The, he's the bass or guitar player, I think. Yeah. Oh Jesus! He's, uh, he's the guitar player. The other the guy, none who more I can black guy, right? Name. Yeah. How much? They, what yeah, is, he is. That is him. Yeah. None, none more black. Yeah. <laughs> none more black. I love that. When they show me the albums. How much uh, more black could it be? None. <laughs> none more black. <laughs> yeah, the Beatles had the white album. This yeah. is the black album. That, I, I really do. That's like an hour and 85 minutes long, too. I wonder. That's got to hold up. This an short hour and movie. 85. That's a weird way I mean, to say I mean, sorry. Time. It's 85 <laughs> that's minutes. two hours and... An hour and 85. So it's, two, it's over two hours. <laughs> you know what? So I think he tends to edit short, too, because this is a short movie. 137, I think. It's not long. This movie should be short, though. Like, this yeah. movie's a good 138. Time. Like, please watch and pay attention. A lot happens in this movie, but it just keeps moving quick. It doesn't take time to set things up, like her relationship at the start with Humperdinck. It's just done. He's, he, he saw her. She was so beautiful. He chose her and figured he could build her up with the people and then murder her to get his war. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they explain all that later, which is great, too, with... With his man, it, it, like the the wedding was never. He doesn't give a shit if she loves him. He doesn't care. He just wants to use her. Yeah. So like, so that all makes sense. Once again, his motives make sense of why he wants to marry her, even though he knows she doesn't like him. He doesn't give a shit. Like everything is set up perfectly for the audience to follow the story and enjoy it without any speed bumps. It's just smooth. It's yep. great. It's a it's a fantastic movie. I don't even think we need to talk about whether we think it holds up or not. I think we all think this movie holds up unless anybody has something to say that well i mean we usually a, when we gloat over or go over a movie like this like we're doing um we have to take a minute to say is there anything that doesn't hold up we mentioned a few things but it was more like just us being stupid about the story but also like the shitty things about this are the things that add the yeah the, the charm and the character like this, the set is not great but that's all part of the fucking character of the movie and it's the charm. setting setting the stage like we said up front if you set the stage that that's the kind of movie this is expect to see cheesy scenes over the top because we're we're playing to this trope or we're playing to this genre but like from a comedic perspective then you immediately are like okay i can switch off treating it really critically for xyz because they're meaning to be silly for effect and it works in this movie totally um this movie though is respectful of the audience too because it takes 100%. the time to okay so for example people people in a normal movie would be like well why do indigo and fezzik work for vicini they explain it in the very first scene. He's like, when I found you, you were so drunk, you yep. couldn't... What does he say? You were so drunk, you couldn't... Stand or... I don't know. I don't know. No, it was something... Or lift your up sword. A sword or something. No, it's it's something silly. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't get work in or whatever. And he when he found the other guy, he's like, you could go back to Greenland or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, they have like no <laughs> options. They're working for him because they're... He even tells the... Uh, ma- what does he call him? The masked man or the man in black. Yeah. He's like, um, you know, like there's not a lot of money in revenge. So he's like, you know, so I have to do something to make some money. Yeah, so I have that's to work. why I work for Vicini. So, so that's like, a funny line, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So it establishes like why what everyone's <laughs> motives are, why they're doing what they're doing. And then that audience can just enjoy the movie. Yeah. Everyone like, acts consistently with their character. Honorable, deceitful. What a, it's like straightforward who you're introduced. You've given enough backstory to buy it. And then they're that the whole movie. No one. No one flips. Um, like the, the 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 henchman in the dungeon never like flips and tries to do good. He's just a, a gutless little. And go, he even guy. goes back to where he first met Vicini to see if he can find Vicini again because he doesn't have anything to do. He's I go got, back to the beginning. Yeah, I go back to the beginning. Well, so this like, this is where we got the job. So he's still he's still desperate for for work and for something to do because he has really no nothing but revenge. Yeah. So like those little subtle things, and it's all explained humorously and. And great dialogue. And it, there's excitement. There's like good action. It's exciting, good action. The sword and fight is really good. It's funny I mean, and totally sappy. So there's stuff in here I don't know that I find the action to be good if I'm being completely honest. Like the sword fights? The sword fights. I mean, it's it's also like the sword fight is is not exciting. It's just, it's it's uh, interesting. I find and it. It's I compelling it to watch because it's fun to see them. But the sword fight isn't particularly good in my eyes right. and the same thing with the four guys later like when he's just like bap, bap, bap. like i agree it's nice that he dispatches them all quickly and shows how fucking efficient and great he is yeah but i mean that's the most of the action yeah and it's just 
And even like when he jumps on Andre's back, like it's all over pretty quick. The action in this is actually pretty brief. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that it that it's I anything would, special. I would disagree. Because but I think it's enough. I think it's right for the movie. I, right. I disagree because the sword, I, they, they did take the sword fighting incredibly seriously. And the really cool thing they do is at the beginning of the sword fight, it builds, right? Because they each, they each hit, take a shot at one another and then swipe. And then the other guy does and yeah, he swipes. Yeah, they're each other out. So they're yeah. like checking the other guys. And then they start and then they, they're chatting and stuff. And then it gets intense. Then one guy Nico switches hands. even says, uh, begin. If you watch it, I mean, I I find it, inc- I think it's really I, exciting. I do too. I like it. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying like as far as good action goes... Like, good action to me is, like, you watch the fight scenes in, like, Ip Man. Like, that shit's next level great action, right? But I know it's a different movie, but to me, we're talking about action, we're talking about action, right? So, um, to me, it's good, but it's, like, it's it's exactly what this is. It's kid movie action. I get excited whenever I see it. I kind of do, too. So, I'm okay with it. I I agree. Like, you can't compare those two in particular. Like, the choreography and the action in Ip Man is... And Ip Man 2 and probably Ip Man 3 as well is just fucking great. Every Ip Man. That would be like comparing this to John Wick. It's not not even even like relevant. But the the way that the scene is choreographed and all that stuff, though, I would put them in a similar realm compared to some other action movies where there's no choreography and it's just garbage. Like... Um, yeah, they had like one of the best sword fighters in the, the world. Second born, these guys. The second born movie, I think, where, um, where they do that weird Linklater directed, and he's just like he's got the uh, the handheld cam, and there's so many cuts, and you can't tell what the fuck is happening. Like this is like always a two shot, and they are fighting, and you can see. I made sure to watch this time because I hate like um, Star Wars lightsaber fights where they're swinging swords fancily and trying to just clash and tap swords yeah. in this they're actually like looking for openings and trying to stab and go through and you have to fight a certain way with a rapier sword that they were using too um, it's mostly a stabbing weapon it's not really a great cutting weapon um, and so I don't know it felt like they worked hard at that and just because they injected a bunch of the over the top flipping acrobatic stuff with it um, I, I, th- that doesn't take it down a notch for the me. music. Adds and I don't say, and I'm not saying you're take, you take a notch down for you either. It's no, just, no, the, no, no. the music yeah. adds to it it's too. Good. I the mean, music the music is, is like so good with it. Like, like Brent was saying where every beat is like a, a note in the song. It's like, dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun, and then it goes it's on. It's all punctuated. Yeah. It's the all, music it punctuates all yeah. of the, all of the, throughout the, the, throughout the whole movie. Yeah. It's great. Da, da, da. It does a lot to, to give that impact to it. I right? really like the music in this movie. I don't know who did it. I'd have to look. Yeah, it's kind of got a synthy. But anyways, synth-y yeah, too. I, I think this movie's like after. Is it thirty three years? Am I correct in saying that? Thirty seven. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So Jesus. I mean, that's just that. This movie's probably going to be timeless forever because it has to be. Like, how could it not be? This is after thirty three years. It's still. I mean, it holds up. Yeah, I was just gonna say, just for just for posterity or whatever yeah, you say, it, hold it holds up. up. Yeah, it really holds up. Nice. Nice. There's a happy ending. There's probably a little Yay. nostalgia on our side there as well, but it's fucking, it's very pleasing. I think and so I showed too. this to my daughter and like, this is better than most of the bullshit that comes out now for kids. Oh yeah. Even with like, and I think like, again, like we talk about effects and all that stuff being like a bad thing and they are most times they, they, they're crutch and they rely <laughs> on these shitty gimmicky things, right? Like little fucking animated characters or little whatevers. And like this, this movie just has no fucking, it's just simple not a simple digital effect no all practical even down to the little torches they would have had in the ground in the fire swamp and i know that there's a fucking very clear set picture or whatever in the back that's the clouds on the cliff scene and i know that the fucking rocks there are all like paper mache fucking and do- rock and things and, stuff. and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and my daughter doesn't see that she this just sees why, a cliff face once again and all like that shit like it's 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 enough to put you there like when uh, wesley does a spin at their sword fight and lands on the ground you can see the mat underneath the dirt give way as his feet land but i don't give a fuck that's, that's why, only shit you see when you watch movie 50 times yeah i saw that too but th- that's the thing is that's what the people who made the last three stars movies don't get yeah like if you're gonna spend your time and like because i watched some documentaries on that shit the, the guy that made the first three doesn't the, get it. Either. The director, the director would be like sitting there looking at all of the puppets and animatronics they made, and then and then giving them notes and stuff on it. 
the time and effort that they put into all of that bullshit could have been spent in uh, working on a screenplay that actually was good. Yeah. yeah. But instead, they were like, as long as we make cool special effects and build great sets and ships that we tear down and spend $250 million, it's going to be a good movie. And it's not. We just did it's Reservoir garbage. Dogs. Yeah. What could be fucking a better example of that than that? The fucking, it's a great fucking story, great script. And that like you look at it that's just about a single shot like it's it's the restaurant and then there's a couple flashbacks but most of it takes place in that warehouse 75% of it's one location yeah and yep. fucking doesn't it's the need writing. anything else it's the it's writing just, you could do a star yeah you could have done had somewhere a great script about a stars movie where like they never left the warehouse and it would have been better than what they made and they could have made it for five bucks and everyone would have still went and saw it yeah Bubba if it was a good fest. script and you wouldn't have needed the castings the casting is not good in the stars movies either casting is oh. everything there's so much bad casting in those stars movies uh, not I the don't. first ones though first ones are good and a lot of yeah. the bad casting is diversity casting cast. it's just like we're just gonna get this guy who doesn't really fit in the movie and stuff and like we're gonna get this girl that really doesn't fit in the movie stuff just so we can say we're being diverse but we're not being it's not good casting yeah, like if you're gonna it. do that they then at least it. find the right actors if you wanna do that but then they're just like shitty they did everything shitty in those freaking movies yeah like John John Bergoglio who played the stormtrooper guy in, in the newest set of movies I think he's got he's got some talent um, he's a good they actor just, they totally he's just terrible wasted, in that movie they totally wasted that character like, yeah they, they gave didn't him give him thing. anything he's got something else coming out right away too. yeah he's a good actor that's what I'm saying actually John's right it's not was not his fault it was they did not give him anything to do they were like, oh, we got a black actor. We don't have to wait anything for him. We we did our job. It's just like, no, give him something to fucking do. Don't just put like him in there and then not give him a character or an arc or anything. Like, yeah. fuck you. What a waste of time. He could have been. I can't comment on that. Probably could have been the main character. Yeah, you shouldn't see those. Good for you, man, for like just ignoring yeah. all of that bullshit. Well, you guys know me. I made a pretty clear decision on Star Wars early on. I saw the first three, the first three that came out ever, <laughs> right? Then I saw... Uh, one of the the prequels and a half, and after I saw the half of the second one, I was like, "Oh no!" And I was living with John when those came out, and I came in one time as he was watching the end of the third, I think it is or whatever, when Darth Vader goes, "No!" And I was like, "What the fuck?" And I never watched another one until the re the the, the postquels or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I watched the first one of those and then game over Nasty. again. But that, but I mean, that is a perfect example. So this movie, after 33 years, and I would guess the budget would have been about 20. 16. Oh, I was going to say 20. And only made 30 in the box office. Okay, so $16 million. It was made 33 years ago, and it still holds up today. Those movies cost $200 million. They were made a year or two ago, and they didn't hold up when they came out. Yeah. So fucking write screenplays. Like for I think at the time, the time, yeah, it does. The fact that it only made thirty two probably made them go back and question some things. But I mean, you can't you can't put In a price on a timeless though. movie like this. Think, like what this was movie, the thing. The thing is what seventy eight, eighty three, or something. And that was like a one and a half million dollar budget. Yeah. In eighty seven, though, doubling your money wouldn't have been the worst thing. No, I think it would have been fine. Um, but but Today, this is like a good. This is a good example same. of like when, like Hollywood's become a big commercial machine so it's there's art being made but it's money driving it and when you have money driving art it's never going to get the best result so it sucks that people are put in a position where they're like i can make this film that i love or i can feed my family and make what i'm worth it's like being a super athlete but playing you know uh, amateur ball because you like the atmosphere better so i I don't know I, i love that there are movies like this that weren't the most expensive didn't make the most money immediately but people slowly over time were like fucking a this movie yeah. Streaming's changing it too because if you look at there's uh, uh, Andy Kaufman or Charlie Kaufman just put out a movie on Netflix about a week ago, and uh, he went to the, they went to Netflix him and his producer and they said I want to do a movie a horror movie based on this book, and they were like here's a bunch of money yeah. go make it we don't we 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 don't we don't want to give you any notes yeah, just make Kaufman your movie comes to you, you just but yeah. I'm just yeah. saying just so I think streaming's ha- that's happening now with streaming is. Is they're allowing the only problem is with something like Netflix is they're making a lot of bad movies because they're giving people like Adam Sandler complete control and he's making like and they're like make us six movies and he's they making like six views. of the worst movies. I they know I'm just saying they like they'd be looking at the numbers being like yeah Adam's like responsible well, they, for well they gave him that deal and they like he hasn't ran through his first deal yeah he's, was, they are like make six movies here's a hundred and some million dollars. 
and then he makes the do-over with uh, with David Spade, which I will not watch. No, but uh, that's what I'm saying is so. I think it's a double-edged sword. If you're if you're getting the right people and giving them complete creative freedom and money, that's great. But if you're just like Netflix was doing at the beginning, they were just giving everybody who had any kind of name money, money, money. Mm. You're gonna get a lot of shit, a lot of shit, and there's a lot of shit out there. Oh yeah, bad bad shit it's fuel for the fire in about 10 years for us and we'll come back and revisit some of them only though if they held up in the first place which they don't but there's one <laughs> thing for sure the princess bride gets 10 thumbs up Woo! I just want to this would go down I would probably pick other movies to watch if you were forcing me to say like let's watch one of your favorite movies but if anyone yeah. ever puts on the princess bride ever I will just sit and watch if you have a kid here and you need to pick a movie to watch this is probably one of the best ones yeah Absolutely. It has yeah. a little bit of everything. Good for boys, good for girls, yeah. um, and it's everything a in between. Movie, but it's also a fighting movie. Yeah. There's blood. There's true love. They say, I think at the start, uh, Peter Falk says what's in it. Sword fighting, romance, true love. Giants. Giants. Eels, shrieking eels, lifts. It's the lifts. shrieking eels. <laughs> right on. Well, yes. Brent said it. Go watch uh, Princess Bride with your kid and then go watch it without your kid. Watch it with your loved one. Watch it by yourself. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Princess Bride is great. So that's it. Princess Bride is pretty great. Um, go check it out. Thanks for listening, everybody. And as always, enjoy your shit. I did it. Ah, I said it. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.